0: This is the one with amateurish robbers Office romance going right down the drain Tank on tank action Dalek wreck This week I have been mostly stealing Dalek ore materials The Doctor's best skid ever
1: And Chekhov's combination oven It's called Resolution Here, Here we, we go, go.
0: Whistle on our epic phrase All through time and all through space Whistle, being and angels now
1: Dalek, cyber, Zood and wow Counting Sonics, rating apps From the poor to the sublime
0: Eccleston with
1: Whittaker Let's agree it's about time Who back when? Reviewing mm-hmm. on you, who there is Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes, iTunes please Rose and Donna Amy Pond, Rory Clara And beyond Join, Join us on this to See what other choice could there be But who back when? Who back when? when?
0: Ladies and gentlemen, and all in between and beyond, welcome to yet another episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Or Doc Past. Indeed, the very same. That is true. I am Drew Backwen, but I'm not all you're listening to tonight. Thank goodness, because over in Oxford, we have another participant, and he is.
1: Oh, that must be me. It's Leon. Hello, Drew. Hello, podcast land. It
0: is you, Leon. Well deduced. And this is the second review, basically, of Resolution. This one's That's N155, right. but there is also a prior recording, B052, which at the very top I must direct you towards
1: yeah please do have a listen to that it
0: features my fair co-host himself, along with Hello. Jim and Marie. And as you've right. been wondering, since Marie basically left, what she thinks of Series 11 and this episode, now's your chance. If you want to go to that, listen to that, you'll get a basic idea of what everybody else thinks. And then this could be a supplement or not. It's up to you. You do you, podcast land.
1: That's right. And also, do bear in mind, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm phoning this one in, but as I've already said, <laughs> said my piece about this episode. Yeah. I I would also urge you to listen to that prior review.
0: Yeah. In fact, I offered to go over to Leon's tonight, and he made me stay in Whitney so that he could basically phone it in.
1: Well, I mean, that was supposed to stay between us, Drew, but sure. (laughs) (laughs) Let's crack on. High level, I know what you think. Well, do you? Because I oh. think... Spoiler alert, I was very, very negative in that first review of it. Super I think Super
0: negative. Yeah, about that I, and everything that came before it. Italy. Yeah,
1: I think I'm just going to have to be a slightly more nuanced negative this time.
0: Because, as you said in that episode, you and Marie and Jim, once we listen back and once we review it analytically and put everything all together in our standard signature who-back-when secret herbs and spices fashion, then That's everything right. slightly changes. Absolutely. Yeah. This is yeah. a richer, more nuanced, meatier podcast. Or if you're vegetarian, meat ear. So Alternative. how do you feel this episode? <laughs> Sorry, am I rambling? I think a lot of things, not too many things, though. This won't be very long. I, I think I like it. I think I'm more yeah. towards the Marie end than the you end, as you were back then. But now I don't know what to think. Mm,
1: okay. Well, let's get into the nitty-gritty, mm-hmm. very gritty, nitty-gritty, perhaps starting with a little pricey. What do you say? A pricey? I was hoping you'd suggest a B scale. Oh, oh. that's much better. <laughs> Time for us to synopsize, lubify and summarize, so take a view and, and grab a brief and, again, and, and a listen down, to down, this overview, this yeah. free-for-all we like to call a bike sust of room. Room. By a size of who?
0: It's New Year's Day, and office romance is algal blooming in the sewers beneath Sheffield Town Hall, where an archaeological dig that couldn't possibly be undertaken any other time is underway. A warrior, and we later learn member of the Order of the What's It Called, was killed a long time ago whilst carrying a third of a seemingly dead Dalek and our two lovebirds, currently knee-deep in local government feces, are about to inadvertently reawaken it.
1: That's right, you thought you knew the Daleks. Well, guess again, buddy, because this one's a reconnaissance scout capable of teleportation, regeneration, and ID4 and or venom-esque mind control. Yep, this is a reboot Dalek in a Dalek reboot, and things are about to get gritty. Marvel as Doc, Graham, Ryan, Ryan's dad, Mitch, Lynn, and Screensaver travel to the furthest reaches of space to promote Ryan's dad's burgeoning combi oven pitch. New Year's celebrations ensue. You are welcome. And can I just add (laughs) what I wrote? What's it called? That was meant to be a placeholder because I genuinely cannot remember what they're called. What are they called? The Order of the Something?
0: The Order of the Custodians. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, what's great. it called? And why do they bother? And couldn't they try a bit harder? All of these apply. Okay, so obviously this episode was broadcast on the first of January twenty nineteen. It was written by Chris Chibnall, none other, and directed by Wayne Yip. Yip, it certainly was. Mm, <laughs> yippers. And jumping into the cast, did you recognise either Lynn or Mitch?
1: I recognized Lynn, but I don't know where from.
0: Could it have been Fresh Meat where she played Oregon?
1: That is that is probably it, actually. Pat yeah. recognized Mitch.
0: Was it from an episode of Law and Order UK in no. which he starred opposite Bradley Walsh?
1: No. Okay.
0: No. Was it as as Cash in a Four Weddings and a Funeral TV series? As if we needed that.
1: What? No.
0: Like a ten episode mini stretch out an thon of that rom com. Okay. No. Well, never mind that. You may also know Charlotte Ritchie as Barbara from Call the Midwife, or more recently, Alison from Dead Pixels, or Alison from Ghosts. Okay, gotcha, right. i uh, got an Allison face. <laughs> what did you think about either of these people, now that I've outlined their whole careers for you?
1: That's a fair question. So I really liked her. I thought she was... First off, acting-wise tremendous and a really tricky role to grapple with as well i mean she she has to do the very schmaltzy hey this is a seasonal special kind of thing at the very beginning the the cold open but she also needs to convey fear and just uh, utter balls to the wall terror and she does as well well. as
0: being in completely possessed yeah she's playing an entirely different character
1: basically, for a large chunk of this, which is quite impressive. So, yeah, well done. Nick Patel, not to be confused with Nick Patel, is... Nikesh, not Nicole. That's right. I was less imp- less impressed by him.
0: Well, he definitely had less to do.
1: Yeah, but he also... I mean, part of this is clearly the writing being a wee bit shit at times. But certainly the Schmaltzy bit at the start I really didn't like. Like any anything oh, to right. do with emotional development between those two characters, I just it didn't really resonate with me. I I didn't buy it. And I don't think that his delivery was particularly believable.
0: Yes, I think I know where you're coming from. Charlotte Ritchie has a super expressive face. Like she has complete control. Like the emotion flickers across like her eyes, her cheeks, like the way they open, they close, the mouth, the her mouth, like her wicked grin when she's possessed and about to kill someone as Nick Briggs's puppet is amazing. But at the beginning, when she's all this stuff of like her navigating and managing slightly clingy, slightly clingy, really clingy Mitch. <laughs> down in the crypt slash undercroft slash isolated area like that's all really good and i feel like he actually plays similarly on starstruck but there that plays more to his strengths as like his face is it's not as expressive and he's acting there opposite a similarly really emotive all over the place character and he yeah he's sort of the straight man oh
1: interesting I don't know why I was entirely surprised by that i can I can totally see that being the case, yeah he doesn't strike me as someone who necessarily i okay I don't know if he has that range, but I don't see him necessarily being cast in roles that demand a tremendous amount of range
0: I see yeah, so if he were called upon to carry this episode as Charlotte Ritchie basically does yeah for most of Act one and large parts of Act two yeah. Yeah, well, we'd be interesting to see what you could bring to the table, Nikesh. That's right. Maybe someone should give
1: you a chance. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not discounting his, his qualities as an actor. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, on that subject... Yeah? I looked up a question from your original recording. Like, oh, what who, was it? Who on earth are these people brought in to play the UK's grimmest family, just parachuted into the episode
1: 50 yes. minutes in? Oh my goodness, did you find out? I found
0: out that both of the teens, teen one and teen two, they weren't even yeah. given names in the script... <laughs> <laughs>
1: And Mum, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On
0: IMDb, these two teens have zero other credits before or since.
1: Okay, so they are related to someone on the production crew.
0: They absolutely have to be, or they might as well be. Yeah. yeah. The Mum does have other credits. She has been in, you know, low-ranking British TV stuff, as you might expect. But Doctor How... Who is not low-ranking British TV, so
1: what is she doing here? How did you feel about that little interlude?
0: <laughs> exactly the same way everyone else did well uh, it was really on the nose yeah first of all sure absolutely bang smack on the nose which when you're appealing to the broadest common denominator festive adjacent audience isn't necessarily out of place but as you three diagnosed it comes entirely the wrong point of the episode when the action should be crescendoing and the tension should you should be able to cut it with a knife, not slice it dissect it with this Trisect
1: it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> with
0: this with this awful interlude.
1: Retro rewrite suggestion. I think it would have been more successful had they set up that family beforehand. If there had been a scene at the very, very beginning or early on in the episode where we get to see this family and all they do is use, they just watch Netflix or they, you know, like all they do is watch the BBC. Whatever it might be, they cannot communicate with one another. They're just like, they live in front of the TV. In fact, this might be a better opportunity to introduce a microwave rather than, let's put a pin in that, we should talk about that as well at some point, yeah, but I mean, th- you know, right. introduce There's them. A- and then when we cut back to them later on, it makes sense because here Dude. it just seems like someone's copy-pasted something into the script.
0: When Mitch and Lynn are standing outside a building that doesn't look like Sheffield Town Hall to me, but whatever, they've just come up from the sewers. Mm-hmm. They're standing on acres of completely empty pavement, completely vacant. These teens and their mum should all, hooked to phones, just be walking along, just bump into them. Like, they're so glued to their screens they don't see people there and and they don't Perfect. even say sorry yeah the, the guys the, the protagonists are like what what are you doing and, and these zombies just shuffle on and then later yeah. when ryan is talking with his dad <laughs> he can't sell the microwave oven to the guy who owns the, re- the restaurant cafe whatever he he sees the people that, at the table they're
1: like thing. yeah
0: he's like oh he, here are my next marks hey guys hey guys 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 hello yeah. Yeah, and there you go. You've got two setups, and then the callback is the rule of three. That's how
1: you do it. Yeah. This is all punchline, no setup. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. And you can't have that. You need to work for your laughs. Shivers. Well, yeah. You'd, you'd think so. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, interesting. I have to admit, I chuckled. In fact, we both chuckled when that scene came up, but I'm still no less annoyed by it, for the reasons just discussed.
0: Yeah, you can feel ambivalent about a thing. I mean, it's... Like I say, it is on the nose, but it you know it makes a point. It does it bluntly, but it commits to it. It gives yeah. it some prime real estate.
1: Absolutely,
0: <laughs> at the end of the episode. And in, in another circumstance, handled slightly differently. It yeah, likewise yeah. chucklesome, but mm. Mm, just sort of contributes to the general feeling of this isn't quite how you do it, buddy. I wish someone had told you. Okay, well where to next? Well, on the subject of this isn't quite how you do it, buddy, this isn't quite how you do a Dalek, is it?
1: Oh, please. I want to hear more about this.
0: Well, you've already said a lot about how the Daleks have far too many powers. Yeah, this this reconnaissance Dalek—it has to be distinguished. It has to be a larger threat than your average Dalek. Even though one Dalek by itself, previously one bog standard ordinary Dalek, was supposed was to be was more a, than enough. Yes, yeah, a yeah. planet-threatening foe. I wanted to say that this is a mistake we've seen made before with other iconic Doctor Who villains.
1: Oh, Oh, let's hear it.
0: It brought to mind two Stephen Moffat mistakes where you make the image of an angel, a weeping angel, either in a video or in your own mind, summon one somehow.
1: Yeah, 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 I agree. That's taking it too far as well.
0: And, and that sort of tears apart the entire universe. Everybody should be being flung back in time constantly. Yeah. <laughs> or equally, there's the Cybermen from Nightmare in Silver. You've got the super speedy one at the very beginning, and you're like, oh, wow, they're basically unstoppable. And then within the same episode, they have to basically undo and defang them for escape to somehow be possible. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And and the Daleks, they've always had limitations to their otherwise lethal deadliness like they can't get upstairs or i don't know they come up against the side men or something but but this this
1: is this, this is the is end what, this is for, too far yeah for so life it how long had it been trisected uh, uh, a thousand years 500 years. i can't remember how long it was a long time it was dead it was cut into pieces yeah why can it tele? Why can it teleport while it is in that dead state? Why can it regenerate? Why does UV light have anything to do with this? Why, if this is a quality that the Daleks are able to imbue their offspring with, why don't they do that with all of them, not just the reconnaissance scouts? What doesn't? That seems like something that would. Be kind of beneficial for her, all of them if they have that technology.
0: Dude, there's uh, only so much UV photosensitive material to go around. You know that. Davros what? has only got so many cells on his <laughs> barren chest.
1: I. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know what? I was gonna say I'm more positive about this this episode this time around, but now I'm not so sure anymore. You're leading me down a negative path here, and I'm, yeah, I have things to, I have I'm, opinions about this, darling. I'm
0: only citing your own opinions
1: back to you. This is that's true, and you know what? For me, it's very convincing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd find that.
0: <laughs> I I actually found none of those new super mega hyper powers as problematic as the sort of technological power it has to when the doctor is bio-scanning it or bio-tracking it or whatever it is, it can somehow, like a... Like a
1: a hacker of some sort stop the TARDIS in its tracks.
0: Yeah, like one of those semi-mythical South American fish. I don't know if it's a piranha or a relative of a piranha that if you're urinating into a river it can leap out of the river up your stream of urine into the end of your dick slash TARDIS and disable all your systems.
1: It's like, whoa! God, that's amazing.
0: (laughs) And okay, they give it a name like a fold back. Loop or mechanism yeah. or something, and, and okay, all of sci-fi tech is just words. I
1: see. I think that's a really cool thing that it did. What I, what I there are other aspects of its technological savvy that I'm I'm not on board for. But, the thing but that is, thing is actually super cool. And I'm not sure I even picked up on it the first time around, but I think it's really a really cool gimmick. But
0: at this point, it isn't even in its casing. It doesn't have all its tech and armor and systems which you, I agree you shouldn't be able oh, yeah. to fashion out of a giant cog, it doesn't have all of that <laughs> around it to draw upon. It is just the the organic squid component, and somehow yeah, you're right. within it resides this incredible ability.
1: Yeah, that's... No, sorry, you're absolutely right. I hadn't considered that. That's dumb. The, that, that's too much. That is too much. If it were in its casing, if, if it actually had its tech at its disposal, I would be fully on board, though.
0: Yes, yes. Okay, let's give it that much.
1: The problem I have with the tech. so here, now, it, let's say it is now back in its casing, or it, it's fashioned a new casing for itself out of a giant cog, as you point out, <laughs> which is dumb. It's done that out of earth materials. It has a couple of things, obviously, that it, that it's picked up from whatever it was called
0: the MDZ version the of one. the Black
1: Archive or whatever. Exactly. And that's where I stop having faith in this Dalek, because it's like, oh, well, th- this Dalek, what, what does it have at its disposal? It's built a new shell for itself out of cardboard. That does not make it indestructible. Well,
0: it's not a cardboard. It's any old iron, any old iron, any yeah, any old iron. Exactly. Ex- well, I mean, instead like- of darlicanium.
1: That's my point. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be able to resist all like a, a, a tank fires at it. It has jets in it. It has missiles that come out of its Dalek balls. Like how how did <laughs> how was this possible? Because super Dalek. Because yeah.
0: reconnaissance scout Dalek. No further questions. Stop asking questions. Anyone asking questions we, we've lost faith in experts. I don't know. Can I ask you about MDZ? Yes, please do.
1: Does MDZ return later on? Or is this the only time that we get to encounter MDZ?
0: Well, I mean, this story returns later on, because Revolution of the Daleks is basically a continuation of it. Oh, Um, I see. Okay. No, it just appears in Resolution, according to TARDIS Wikia. Oh, right. So that isn't picked up. I'll tell you what is picked up,
1: though. Oh, let's hear it.
0: In an absolute about-turn segue. You said, in B052, you, Jim Mm -hmm. and Marie, you had the following exchange. Jim, if the reconnaissance Dalek came back to the Dalek fleet, it would get destroyed because it became impure. I would buy that if that's the way it went. Leon, they can still kind of fix that. They can explain that the next time a Dalek shows up. Marie, if they listen to this podcast before they start filming the next series, then maybe. And then in Revolution of the Daleks, we have death. Squad Daleks, maximum exterminating clones of this reconnaissance Dalek.
1: Coincidence? Well done. I mean, I'm going assu- to I'm humble enough to assume yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that that is picked up. That's good. Yeah,
0: so that's a plus, and the fact that Chibnall clearly listens to us until that point, at least,
1: Also a plus. I- Guy <laughs> loves a slap in the face. <laughs> we well, used
0: um... him in with giving The Woman Who Fell to Earth a really good review, and then kept quiet, and then went are like, bam, sucker punch. Boom.
1: Yeah, sorry. Punch that <laughs> sucker. So, returning to this Dalek, the Dalek, yes. now rebuilt, can beat tanks, can beat bullets, can do anything but, it likes. Dude, it's a tank itself. It, it is. It's
0: better to beat a tank than another
1: tank. Yeah, but it's a tank that's been fashioned in a farmhouse, which pin, yeah? But... <laughs> Back when it was made out of pure Dalekanium, it was beaten by dudes throwing spears.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, not only spears, but they had a pretty tasty fire as well.
1: Yes, okay. I think
0: you're underestimating the collective power of ancient civilizations. Dude, thousands of years ago, humans built the pyramids and Stonehenge. You don't think that enough human shield, Dalek whisk fodder could overcome this single machine? No. Oh, right, okay. Sorry. (laughs) My mistake.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, sorry. Although, I mean, it turns out at the end the the Dalek is beaten very much with you sort of William Hartnell nineteen sixty three Dalek logic of it's fine, if we all just rush it and hold on to it, it's done. You know, we can we can beat it. Well, on
0: that note, that is not only nineteen sixty-three William Hartnell logic, that is twenty twenty-two Eve of the Dalek's John Bishop logic. Hey, I'm a bullshit scouser, so if I get round behind you and hold you, then you can't shoot me, right?
1: That's, yeah, that is true. That's a fair point.
0: So Chib has only decided. Well, I mean, he would have heard your review. And and still, still he repeated the tired old trope. How
1: dare you? Don't get me wrong. I do like that aspect of the Daleks. It's just I think you kind of need to pick a lane. Either you do the very campy, it's fine if we throw a blanket over a Dalek, it's discombobulated enough to be chucked overboard into the sea or whatever. You know, that sort of thing. Mm. Or you go the full the Dalek or, you know, into the Dalek. One of those routes where you have one Dalek, it's badass on its own, and it's fine it's 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 horrible and nightmarish and unstoppable. Yeah. You can't really have both though is the thing.
0: No, definitely not. And it's a weird choice to after a series where you disavow all callbacks. Yeah. To th- to put into this festive special where you're trying to get a broader audience even than would watch a reboot, right? Yeah. Like you're you going so. for the whole country at this point and it's pure fan service and there are 60s echoes that 90% of your intended audience are going to just... Just regard as incongruous
1: and weird, yeah, and cheesy, and yeah, exactly. Incongruous is the right word. Yeah, yeah. Or okay. choice. Well, so we've got a. <laughs> I think this question may have been raised in the original review as well. So the mm. the what's it's they beat the Dalek, they trisect it, they put them in little parcels. Yes. Why don't they? Why don't they burn it first of all? Why don't they just like destroy it?
0: Well, apparently they did burn it, and similarly, Aaron comes up with a great way of burning it in this episode, with his Combi oven microwave Chekhovian device.
1: Yeah, that's the shell, though. He uses his microwave in order to destroy the shell.
0: Dude, the shell is metal. It
1: conducts
0: heat, does it not? And this Dalek is either in the fire or with the microwave oven mega technology, surrounded by temperatures of hundreds of thousands of degrees whatever and it's That's completely
1: very... unscathed that is both a fair is... point yeah so maybe it can't be burnt then but apparently it can be chopped up okay yeah
0: what oh yeah that whole well yeah we don't need to talk about how the teleportation thing is boxed
1: but it is okay can i can i point out something else that's really bollocks about the teleportation though that i don't think we picked up in b-052 oh please do when they teleport out of there as in when the two bits teleport into the sewers yeah they teleport with the bags and everything as in like the satchel also teleports out who does it where's the satchel Where's the satchel, Chibnall? What Also, why do they bury everything like two decimeters below the surface? Maybe spend a little bit more time burying it. Oh,
0: dude, that's the problem. Meters below the surface, years, these are just units of irrelevant
1: measures to this Dalek's hyperpowers. Dude, a gust of wind could bring it out. Oh, if you, you don't want to subject it to UV light, don't have it so close to the surface, is my point, I guess.
0: I very nearly did Google how deep into the earth does uv light penetrate <laughs> i couldn't quite be bothered but Chibis, okay. you should have
1: i think so okay here's another thing so two of the custodians one custodian gets killed by lazy robbers who don't bother looking inside the parcel oh ah, can i but, just say
0: can i just yeah? preface your inevitable criticism with a good thing the thing that i liked is that the guy fell on the ground in yeah. the exact same position that the skeleton appears in. That is a lovely transition.
1: It, yeah, it's it's stunning. There are actually a few really nice transitions in this episode. I mean, production-wise, this is a great episode. Oh yeah. Super well produced. It's super nicely directed. It's like, it's it's a gorgeous episode. And there's a lot about it that I feel is wonderfully accomplished. In fact, hmm. this might be it's it, it, it might be one of the most accomplished of the Chiba's era so far. It's like, well, yeah, well done.
0: However, <laughs>
1: Okay, the point that I was going to say about the custodians, we've got two of them, right? One goes to some desert island, digs for approximately two seconds, goes, that's enough. Puts the parcel in there. Done. Sits down. Is going to sit there forever. The other one goes to the Siberian tundra. Digs, like takes two fistfuls of snow out of there. Puts the thing in. <laughs> in snow, <laughs> puts the fistfuls of snow on top of it. Done. Doesn't need to worry about anything. Sits down. Going to sit there forever. Not one of them brought lunch. <laughs> no, they didn't that really bothered me it's like so what so you're now by yourself in the middle of the siberian tundra how long do you think you'll last do you have a blanket no do you have a lunchbox don't think so is there a londis around the corner probably not
0: as they passed the last person before next 100 miles wilderness hmm. that person should be like hey what's in your satchel i hope it's food because there's nothing out there you're gonna starve unless that's a load of corn beef in there buddy
1: yeah, by Quantum of Solace logic, there's going to come a point where you will, out of sheer desperation, even drink motor oil. Spoilers for Quantum of Solace, <laughs> because <laughs> no one's watched it. But there's going to come a point where this custodian in the middle of the Siberian Tundra is like, oh, I'm so fucking peckish, like it's in, oh my, alright, you know what, I'm I'm. I'm going to eat this Dalek.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's basically calamari
1: anyway. Exactly, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, in fact, you mentioning the tundra and the the atoll, or whatever it is, the low-lying atoll, it makes me think that the ham-fisted attempts at climate change episodes would have been better served by the tundra melting and this coming to the surface, the snow all above it, like... the custodians are shitting themselves what's going to happen when it all melts away and similarly in the pacific like the water levels are rising and it's like the sands just all drifting out to sea what do we do and then the light hits them both at the exact same time and but then it couldn't be in sheffield but whatever it would have been a more organic way of perhaps of just bringing that in rather than you know slapping us across the the mutant face with it yeah Maybe. What did you think about the narrated intro?
1: Who does the narration? Is it a character in the episode? Or is it just a, oh random voice? Random dramatic voice?
0: I mean, there's a Reddit thread and it says, I've been trying to find who the narrator was for the episodes. didn't see any credits for it, nor can I find it
1: anywhere. I think uh... this is a very fine question that you're asking because I'm going to assume that it is the order of the custodians, the what's-its, the what's-it-calleds. Right. who are narrating this.
0: Yes, you would, you would think.
1: Since the narration continues as we outro out of the episode, the Order of the Custodians are aware of everything that's happening. Right, so right. why the shit don't they get involved?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, they've got a long way to travel. They're probably on their way, way to, to tra- Sheffield as you know they're finally wrapping things up. It's like, oh, oh okay, everything's fine. Never mind. We were never here. Hmm. Mission accomplished.
1: <laughs> I feel like the Sheffield branch of the custodians really dropped the ball on this one. The other ones have, for a thousand years or however long they've been added, they've been swapping places. It's like, hey, it's I'll tap you out, it's my turn to sit down, <laughs> your ass cheeks must be freezing, and it just goes on like that for generation after generation. In Sheffield, no one cared.
0: Yeah, they're like, as long as we keep these two separate, then who cares about the third, right?
1: I Well, I mean, you know, to be fair, that's kind of reasonable <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> that's the reasonable assumption yeah
0: what did you think of the writing of the narration though because Chibbers really went for it with the adjectives you could oh, tell I that don't he laboured over that
1: I don't remember I remember think- the only thing I remember thinking is that it was actually quite epic it, it-, it had the same evocative Tone of the intro to the Lord of the Rings trilogy, you know Peter Jackson's Fellowship intro.
0: Well, dude, for that to even occur to you is pretty high praise, is it? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean that, but made for TV, absolutely.
0: Yeah, Yeah. well done. That's not
1: a whatever the Rings of Power reference because I haven't seen that yet. But yeah, okay. Did you not like it?
0: I did until I was like, oh, wow, they're really going for the highfalutin overblown thing. And then it took me out of it just slightly. But no, it was still broadly good. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, There's lots of good things about this episode. In fact, I'm going to mention a couple of minutes that
1: I really, really liked. Fantastic. I'll line up some likes as well. Oh, Good.
0: While you took apart the TARDIS landing on the chair as something that wouldn't happen, right? The chair would appear in the TARDIS rather than Graham has to go furniture shopping. Yeah, that's right. I really liked the doctor's exchange. Well, if you will leave chairs around the place, this is my front room. And then after that, you have the intruder alert chat, which the doctor mistakes the doorbell for. And then 30 seconds later, she's like, intruder alarm again. And any time that Jodie Whittaker approximates an absent-minded professor a bumbly mr magoo love it i want oh, more good. of that I Want oh, way more of that
1: yeah i much prefer that to most of her interpretation of this role mm-hmm. i i'm with you on that can mm-hmm. i say about the chair i think that was a missed opportunity i can and i talked about this briefly after watching the episode that you and i have talked about this as well and in fact you and i have we've even written passages for like a whole B plot of strange readings about this, which is there's nowhere to sit or sleep or anything in the TARDIS. So this was a missed opportunity. They could have materialized around Graham's favorite chair and he could have gone, oh, finally a place to sit down. And then like, yeah, wherever we're going, I'm, I'm taking my chair with me. And then that could be his thing. There could be something actually personable, something pleasant and charismatic and idiosyncratic about the interior of this TARDIS.
0: Yeah. And they could have played that m- much more for last. Like, this is my chair. Wait, this is great. Yeah. I was trying to land in your kitchen. Oh, can you do that next? Well, yeah, i yeah. to take my fridge with me. Then I wouldn't have to put my sandwiches in my pocket. Yeah, bingo. Nice. Oh, that's good stuff. Guys.
1: <laughs> just let us in Was the Was there more positive stuff that you wanted to bring up, though?
0: Yeah, it carried on from there. Ryan's dad shows up and Graham just slams the door in his face. No.
1: Yeah, that's nice. Very nice. Well <laughs>
0: and done. Then Doc won't shake his hand and lets him have it
1: agreed that was that was a lovely moment
0: yeah i thought it was a lovely few minutes of where, where they really composed the pulses of enjoyment that the audience would get into a really good rhythm it was like you're like this and you're like that and this is funny and this is good and this will make you love the doctor yes
1: I liked. There was a. There's a kind of follow up to that later on when they're all in the TARDIS and Whittaker goes, "Oh, well done, Ryan's dad. You're you're starting to make up for your parental deficiencies or something yeah, to that effect." For your parenting That's, deficit. That's yes. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was a nice touch as well.
0: Hmm. You mentioned Cat a few minutes ago. What did Kat yes. think of this episode?
1: Oh, she thought Jodie Whittaker was utter shit. Oh wow. Oh okay. And just in terms of acting. Which, overall, I think even though I've now also just agreed with you and brought up a couple of things about Jodie Whittaker's performance that I really liked, Mm -hmm. overall, I mean, the average impression of her interpretation of this character is still subpar for me, unfortunately. I still don't like her acting, and I still don't like this interpretation. But... I'm sorry, I think it's it's fair to say Kat was not a fan of this episode. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's,
0: that's valid, though, because you've started introducing her gradually to the Doctor Who
1: universe. I mean, she loved The Eleventh Hour. She thought that was a fantastic episode oh, and cool. loved The Doctor. And here it was, there were a few scenes in it. I can't remember what it was now. I mean, she, she called out a scene quite close to the one that we just talked about, which I'd also absolutely love to echo, She it, that and that she thought was fantastic. The best scene in the the episode, I think she said, yeah. which is the one where Ryan confronts his dad in the cafe,
0: uh-huh, which yes. was,
1: that was spectacular. Tolson Cole really showed off his acting chops in that scene. You think it was, so? Yeah, I thought, he w- I thought he was really... I thought it was gripping. I thought he did a great job of delivering this very dramatic soliloquy, effectively. And it was perhaps a little stereotypical at times, but still solid writing. To be clear, I'm not including the microwave in this. No,
0: no. I feel like everything rings true to the characters. And I guess... To an extent that 's the only applicable metric yeah you didn 't like it originally in that ryan 's dad there was no tension like like he was contrite about everything he didn't he didn 't have a character arc he had he fell victim to chiba 's tendency of assuming erroneously that two scenes at either end of an episode can somehow constitute a character arc know that you need at least three data points to construct a trend from sure yeah i thought that ryan telling his dad what to say at length while quite powerful was like a really juvenile fantasy like dad everything i've ever found hard is your fault and it all comes down to you and you weren't there and so that's it and so i'm really angry at you And I'm so glad I have you here now because as a young man with lots of complexity, I can blame it all on you and you're a fucking deadbeat. And I get that he would think that because we've all been through that,
1: you know, phase in our lives. Yeah, but also he was basically abandoned by this guy. He was, he was. I'm not
0: exonerating Ryan's dad in any way. And I'm Mm. not saying I fall 100% sympathy wise on one side or the other. I, I think a hallmark of a, you know, a, A real clash like this in a scene is you can see both characters point of view you you know some sections of the audience will take one side and some will take the other and so i agree on on that standard with you and cat this was a good scene Hmm, okay yeah but i i did think oh fucking hell ryan aren't you going on (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> we plot-wise abruptly cut away from it and then continue that interlocution at the very end oh, when yes. the dad ha- has been calamari he's carrying the dalek on his back yada 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 and this again this is a cat comment she pointed out i think rightly so that the redemption aspect which follows from this conversation in the cafe and culminates in the tardis as the the tardis doors are open and the dad is it can go one of two ways, or really. like the, the dad might sacrifice himself or whatever else. The impetus for the dad's redemption is coming from the wrong side. It's right. coming from it's all coming from Ryan in this episode, and it should it should come from the dad. It's like the, the Ryan here goes, I forgive you, and that I guess we assume enables the dad to overcome the Dalek control and pull himself back in or reach out for Ryan's hand so that the Daleks flies out into space but but wouldn't it have been a little bit more effective if the dad just like lynn did before is able to overcome this on his own and manages to speak through his own voice not through the dalek's voice and ask for forgiveness rather than just be forgiven right off the bat well, or, I think, I alternative think... number two... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, just no. to say, alternative number two, have Ryan be calamaried and the dad needs to reach out for him. So the dad is the one who redeems himself by taking a risk and saving Ryan's life.
0: See, I'm not sure either of those work quite the way it's set up. Okay. I think the dad, at the beginning, in the way that you describe as removing all the tension from the scene and the possibility of the dad having an arc... He is contrite. He is essentially asking Ryan's forgiveness. He says, "Tell me what you want to say, and I'll say it." Like if Ryan wants him to beg for forgiveness, he will right then and there. It doesn't need to need. It doesn't require anyone's life being in danger for him to make that gesture. I think later on, it's a bit confused because the dad. He doesn't really know what he's hanging on for. I mean, the Dalek is the one hanging on, okay? The dad, why isn't he trying to... Is is the dad complicit? Is he sort of hoping the Dalek will lose its grip and that he will fall into the supernova because he thinks if my son you know is so set against reconciling with me then you know why would i make the effort you know i I ran away before this is just his latest version of running away and shirking his responsibility and Hmm. and taking the easy way out whereas this ryan is like dad i love you make the more difficult decision to put the work in and develop an adult relationship with me. And and that sort of kickstarts the dad fighting back against the Dalek. But... It's really unclear. I mean, the dad doesn't know why he would be doing that because if he's holding on instead of the Dalek, nothing is changing. He needs to know somehow, clairvoyantly, that Ryan is going to reach over, wrap his arms around him and unplug the Dalek from his neck and fling it out into the void. There's absolutely no way he can figure out that that's the plan.
1: I have no idea what's going through the dad's mind at this point. I think that's kind of the failing of it. I would like there to be nothing going through his mind but Dalek stuff, except yeah. for one little smidge of a moment where he breaks through and all he thinks is, son, I want you to go and be safe. Or, like, don't go so close to the door. I, maybe he's even ready to throw himself out or, or anything.
0: Yeah, well, you that's know? sort of what I think is happening. But you have to infer it heavily.
1: I don't think that's what's happening at all. I think okay. what's happening is just the doctor managed to oh. best the Dalek by opening the doors. I, th- I think that's all. But as okay. you see, I mean, it's not really clarified in the episode, so it's it's just left up to interpretation, hypothesis. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: it's too fuzzy. Yeah, yeah, needs a needs another rewrite. Sorry, Shibs. Yeah, sorry. Okay, we were talking about though good things. I think there are loads of good little emotional
1: beats in mm. this episode. I think okay. some I think examples.
0: You can really tell that Chib has put more draft and effort into this than into Rancor of Coloss. For instance, when Lynn comes back and she says I'm taking a shower and her mum is calling up almost inaudibly. And the mum shouts up, did you see Mitch? How did it go? And that's a really nice insight into yeah. what's been happening. That fills out the beginning really nicely.
1: Agreed. I totally agree with you. Yeah.
0: It's a yeah. lovely touch. And I mean, Graham, obviously, obviously anything Bradley Walsh does. But when, he when, continues to be my
1: favourite over here, by the way.
0: Yeah. When he says "Family's about what you do. Of course it is. Absolutely brilliant. Plus 0.2.
1: He had a lovely scene with Aaron as well. Mm-hmm. That moment where he whips out the box of items that Grace had kept. Yeah, I thought that was that was just lovely. It was like a, yeah. a human moment between the two of them.
0: I sort of agree, but I, I was ambivalent about that scene as well, yeah. because first of all, it was another scene that was sort of dropped in a bit too late in the episode. Like we really needed to be focusing on where we were going rather than hanging around, adding more I don't know, angles to what's going on. I thought that it doesn't do very much except beat up on Aaron a little bit more. And, and if... Oh, does... also
1: not how I viewed it. Interesting. Well,
0: okay, how did you view it?
1: Well, I, I I felt like, if anything, it was giving him a second chance. Yes. Like if if anything, I felt like it was incongruous with Graham's original reaction at the door, where he's like, nope, I don't want to talk to you at all, and then cut to everyone else left, and now he's like, don't worry, there's still time, you can still do this, you can still be a good dad, don't worry about it, we can be buddies, even though I'm pretty sure we're kind of the same generation. Like, how, <laughs> how, how does this work? Yeah, a- anyway...
0: yeah i I do see that it it does humanize aaron a bit and give him a second chance but i'm not because we just said how that final scene that final scene is where it should pay off where what happens in this scene explicitly comes back feeds forward to his actions and has him make a choice he otherwise would not choose
1: yeah yeah and
0: it, it just sort of gets lost in the confusion. If that final scene were better, this scene would make more sense to me.
1: Interesting. Okay. Can I point out two things that I really like that we haven't already talked about? One that is a nod to the fact that this is a New Year special. Okay. I loved the introductory cosmic fireworks. I thought that was a very nice touch. Mm-hmm. And we actually want see we...
0: some, rather than it just light show reflected in the faces.
1: Yeah, there is that as well. But just as, as a in as a general inclusion in this episode, normally we get a Christmas special and... There'll just be a there'll be some tinsel somewhere, or there'll be you know something spacey wacy about baubles or snowflakes or whatever else. The fact that this is now a New Year special, it's still a special, and the fact that Shivers has made an effort and included something that is relevant to it, but in space, I thought that was a very nice touch. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the reference to Rells. That was oh. a sweet classic Who reference.
0: Yeah. Before we carry on though, do you know who Giuseppe Piazza is? No. He discovered Ceres the largest asteroid in the asteroid belt mm. on the first of January 1801. Oh amazing. Yeah. Oh wow. So a New Year's Day sci-fi legend. It's just sci fact. Legend in fact. Oh well done. So oh, fantastic. Yeah. Chip did his homework. What can I incorporate from New Year's Day into this one?
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh. That's that's a nice that's a very nice touch because it maintains Doctor Who as a semi-educational show mm. for the whole family but requires of the whole family to go and do their bloody due diligence and look it up, (laughs) because otherwise they will never learn their lesson. Yeah, nice. Well done for doing that, Drew. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what else? RELs. You were talking about RELs. Yeah, the RELs, I just thought that was a nice little bit of fan service. And a reboot is incomplete without fan service.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess that's true. Okay.
1: Okay, something else I really liked. Yeah the very very last effect the dematerialization sequence at the very end i don't i can't remember if we talked about this in B 52 but the effect i think that this might i'm going to say have been inspired by an animation that a super fan with tremendous animation skills did on youtube but it differs from every other dematerialization that we've seen to date i believe and it does so in one particular way. Normally, we see the environment, the time and place that the TARDIS is in, and the TARDIS dematerializes from it. Here, the TARDIS does dematerialize, but what we see dematerialize is the environment. We we always look at the TARDIS, and the, the sewers are underneath Sheffield Town Hall dematerialize and turn into the vortex and the tardis never moves it is just there so that's the experience that you would have if you were just holding onto the tardis on the outside if you were captain jacking it outside of (laughs) the tardis that's what it would seem like to you that's the experience so as we leave this episode we leave with the tardis team we don't leave it from the point of view of the people who are stuck on Earth and don't get to go on the next adventure, we are going on that adventure. And I think that's a very nice touch.
0: Oh, we are going everywhere with the Doctor. Yeah, that is a nice stunning, touch. Eh? Really stunning. Yeah, I will go back and look at that. Do it. It's that's, beautiful. That's the sort of thing I don't pay enough attention to. And well done, program makers. Yeah, well done. That sounds great. Yeah. Okay, I, I would like to talk about Unit and its disappearance just a little bit. Oh,
1: yeah. All right, here we go. Back you into it.
0: <laughs> covered this with plenty of vomit slash vitriol yeah. in your previous review. My question is, is a code zero emergency like a password123456 emergency? <laughs> like, if you call someone up and it's like, code zero? How about code one? It's like, one of these must work. <laughs> For goodness sake.
1: This is- yeah, that's pretty... That's that's lazy. Yeah. As in, not on the part of jibbers, That's lazy on the part of Units and whoever handled the decommissioning of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. But you guys back in 2019 were like, this is... Well, first, first of all, only some people got that it was a Brexit reference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... None of you liked it. I liked it in the sense of it showed brilliantly accurately, in my opinion, what happens when you just have a series of Tory governments in who cut, cut, cut based on how the market will take care of everything. Because do you remember how in 2016 some more responsible part of the uk government ran an exercise like what happens if there's going to be an influenza epidemic and the the upshot was the lesson learned was we need to stockpile more ventilators Mm -hmm. and the less responsible part let's call it the ministerial slash tory response was yes but when did this last happen and so they didn't and then it did happen and people died
1: yeah okay so i i take your point that. It's a, it's a very poignant reference here as well.
0: Yeah. Given given three and a half extra years of very pointed hindsight.
1: Yeah. But doesn't I mean unit returns later on, Eagles returns later on. I I can't remember how they get back. I'm curious to find out. Unless possibly they return, quote unquote, because we return to an earlier time in Sheffield's history. But Wouldn't the people who work at units, the people who are now maybe without a budget, they need to find a new career or whatever else, wouldn't they still be concerned with the well-being and safety and security of our planet?
0: Well, they might. Wouldn't
1: Cagels be like, yeah, all right, fine, so I don't have the resources, but of course I'm monitoring channels. Of course, if the doctor calls, I'm going to be there.
0: Well, maybe, but you know how politics works. If... If people take over, if departments are merged, then the new power structures will take measures to specifically exclude the old power structure and be like, nope, this is ours. We're going to call it code zero. Kegels will never crack that. And that way, <laughs> like, the doctor never has a chance of contacting her. They will make her the last person to be able to know. Obviously, Unit will have secret espionage resources that you think might help them in that scenario but no not here like they've been asset stripped and the only recourse for all the former employees is either to band together and form the order of the custodians of the watsit which you can see has zero resources it's just two people sitting in disparate parts of the earth what are they going to do with that without financial backing or they have to get private sector employment, and they're all competing against each other and the people at the top, they're just lowest contract. They're bidding for the contracts like this new security helpline clearly did. And we're like, yeah, we can have one operative just handle all the calls, and that will be the same as everything else. And the Tories are like, fantastic. (laughs) Cheap sounds good to us. Market (laughs) takes care of everything again.
1: Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This was not the reading that I <laughs> that I have forwarded this episode at the time. You do raise a good point. I, I like a bit of social criticism. This is this is very fair.
0: It's definitely a bummer and a downer.
1: Yeah, it very much is. I can't get away from that. But I I take what you're saying on board. I'm going to mull it over. (laughs) I I will consider it less of a negative than I otherwise would have. Okay.
0: Okay. I have a few more sundry things I like. And one of those is the unimpressed policeman who pulls over Lynn.
1: (laughs) I agree. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and she's like you're an enemy of the Daleks and he's like and how are you spelling that, that. <laughs> like, he's heard it all <laughs> eat my salad copper like it, all of that just yeah he's, he's seen a lot I liked the doctor saying oh that's worse that's worse than worse Like it's Fairly simple, but
1: yeah, sure, fair enough. Tickled
0: my funny bone. Um, Oh, I liked Mitch encountering the inside of the TARDIS. And the doctor's like, Yeah, the internal dimension's bigger than the external dimension. No biggie. And he's like, No, that is quite a biggie. And then she says, Go up time over and engages him (laughs) with what needs to happen next. I thought that was a nice little interchange. I think
1: I agree with that. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How about did you get a chill when the doctor said, I learned to think like a Dalek a long time ago?
1: no No. i didn't and that's i i get where you're coming from but i i didn't mainly because there have been
0: better lines in the past
1: there have been better doctors in the past (gasps) like there's it's because i don't i she's still not really the doctor for me i'm so sorry about that i really want her to be but apologize um, to me well, I mean, I'm apologizing to anyone who's listening who might be offended by it. I, I'm, I, I really, really want her to be the Doctor for me, but unfortunately she's not. So when she's talking about her past encounters with, with this Dalek, I was like, I mean, you're just doing a panto. Like, the, the, this is, this oh, well. is yeah, I'm sorry. doesn't have the same evocative effect on me, unfortunately.
0: Okay. I also liked the visual of the Dalek melting and its subsequent death gurgle. <laughs> or, or what appeared to be its death gurgle. It must have been faking that death gurgle.
1: Oh, yeah. sneaky. Yeah. On that note, do you know what I really like? What? Garlic laughter.
0: Yeah.
1: That is solid stuff.
0: I have the feeling that they just said, Nick, take it away. And he was there for hours. He didn't even break for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the cleaners were coming in and they were like, nope, nope. He's still going. He's still going. Come back later. Do the rest of the building. <laughs> just, just enjoying himself too much there's a there's an 11 hour cut of this episode somewhere and which is like
1: 99 nick briggs yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh and we touched on it very briefly but when the doctor says or oh, when Yas yeah says where are we going next doctor and she's like i was thinking everywhere great line right that that yeah. is a season ending line we didn't get it with ran score but here agreed
1: <laughs> oh, yeah i agree with that yeah nice
0: Oh, I've completely forgot from the cast section. Aaron. Yeah. He was played by Daniel Adegboyega, and he has a prior Doctor Who connection. What? Where was he? He played a guard in one of the Miracle Day episodes of Torchwood. I can't imagine he lasted long as a guard. But, yeah. And he also appeared in in an episode of Sex Education with a
1: future (laughs) doctor. That is pretty cool. Okay, I'm on board with that. very cool past,
0: present and future Oh, very nice okay, good I'm glad there is another addition to the family tie-dyes count in this episode (laughs) (laughs) when the police officer or the archive guardian or whatever talks about his boyfriend that's right hits the floor seconds later yep that's three
1: (laughs) that's absolutely right yeah and now it is time to rate this did we laugh or hate this bing bong bing bong hey la 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 ratings Podcast Land Drew has mercifully won the fingertip on tip of nose game, and thus I'm starting off. I'm gonna start by saying this is a this is a holiday special without the magical joviality that we've come to expect from one. But I don't mind necessarily. I'm digging the vibe of this gritty Chris Nolan-esque reboot. In fact, i I think that might just be the best thing about it. The the Dalek reboot it's itself. Oh, sorry, the reboot Dalek itself. Well done, Chibbers. You have made it truly scary again. My sofa is backed up against a wall, but if it weren't, I might just have been hiding behind it for this one. So, bravo. <laughs> but then he goes too far. We already talked about this. The superpowers, I call bullshit. Why does it choose to do the rebuilding in some random farm and not in the flipping dark archives or in, let's say, an actual smelting workshop somewhere? Whatever. Doc, better than she usually is, but nowhere near as good as I'd like her to be. Companions, actually, you know what, bar Yaz, because standard. They're all great. I think Graham definitely steals the show here, but I've also found Ryan very compelling on on many occasions. The thing is, I just listened to B052 yesterday, (laughs) so I have been actively taking a backseat here because I, I don't want to repeat myself. So, Podcast Land, I will kind of curtail my own mini and say, if you want to hear my vitriolic, tipsy ramblings about office romance... Gay representation in Doctor Who and how utterly shit the microwave introduction is. I mean, yeah, sorry. Does Aaron think cafes don't have ovens? On what (laughs) planet do we believe that he invented this oven as well? Like, he's the Dyson of combi ovens. Fuck off. No. If dot, 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 all of that, then please go back and listen to B052. In the meantime, though, I will say that I enjoyed it much more today than I did Three years ago,
0: hey.
1: or three and a half years ago, three years and nine months ago, and I'm pleasantly surprised by that. I it, it's proof that the journey along the temporal road that we are embarking on is having an actual effect in adding that nuance and adding that perspective that is often required of a of a slightly you know richer evaluation of an episode. And even though this mini review is not as multifaceted as it was three years ago, I'm gonna. Concluded with a much, much higher mark.
0: <gasps> much, much higher.
1: What did I give it in B052? 1.7, I believe. I believe you're right. When we started this recording, I was thinking, mm, you know, or rather, when we stopped watching it today, I was thinking, maybe I'm going to bump that up to 2.7. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you and I had a little chat. You did most of the heavy lifting here today, so thank you for that. And yeah, I'm going to bump it up even further. I'm oh. giving this a 3.0. I think as you New Year's specials go... That? I don't know, but as I, I, I'm, maybe it's just the romance of a holiday special. I feel like this still, it, it, it's a solid reboot Dalek. It's just not the Dalek reboot that I would have wanted any other time of the year, but for a holiday special, but I'm willing to be more lenient because of that. So 3.0.
0: Okay. Oh, that's very interesting. I think I'm not going to go that high. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, I've got a real old mishmash of reviews, so I'll just get on with it. Go for it. I liked the side characters. Charlotte Ritchie does a lot of comedy, but I was pleasantly surprised by her dramatic acting chops here, not having seen her in Call the Midwife. When you realize on rewatch, and probably the first time as well, that she is being fed lines by the squid that she won't admit to anyone is on her back her emotions and actions they match up perfectly she manages to make her demeanor not quite too suspicious but also give the game away to the audience i thought that was really well pitched and i liked her interactions with mitch i don't know i guess i've been an awkward individual for a long time and i don't see that as as too much of a defect I liked the squid on the wall. That looked great, as indeed many of the other shudder-inducing squid effects, like when she's looking in the mirror and the camera gives it plenty of time to ripple and pulse and be really quite disgusting. Yeah, yeah, that worked on me. I was annoyed by the doctor constantly, like Chibis loves to set up an obvious question. I don't know, is that to pander to the audience to make them think, I know even though they're seeing it play out in different scenes. I don't know. When she's like, how is the squid getting about? I just can't figure out how it's traveling. It really shouldn't be able to travel because it's just a squid. It's like, oh, come on. Oh, come on. You're only seeing one of these two people. Just make the obvious leap. Yeah, fair point. Yeah. However, in Jodie's defense, I thought that all her three confrontations with the Dalek were good and served a purpose. I thought the hollow projection one. She was enjoyable in saying, "You need to look at my face. You need to look at how serious I'm being." Like I, I felt Doctor vibes. I felt ancient foes clashing in that moment. I also <laughs> liked the confident smile that went along with, "Have a scan." Oh, mate, I'm the Doctor. Whoops! Mm. And then at the very end, you guys. Or it could have been one of the mini reviews, either Jim the Fish or Carl Rath, listen to B052 Podcast Land, wondered what the doctor was doing in terms of, it was Jim the Fish, wondered what the doctor was doing in terms of saying, get off this planet, when all the Dalek wanted to do was get a message off the planet to the home fleet. Yeah. <laughs> I interpreted that as not being about strategy But this version of the Doctor needing to justify to herself that it's okay to kill this Dalek. Because she's given it the standard Doctor forgiveness offer. It's turned it down. It's chosen its own fate. Now she can dispose of it in any way possible. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And okay, the vacuum sucking on the squid. It's daft as anything but i liked it as a well-staged moment of peril okay it was a stupid way to get there but once you're there the visuals are so chaotic the wind is rushing all around you you're just, you're from character to character you, you, your gaze can't find rest it's you're in the moment that's a really nice sequence from the director the cinematographer whatever agreed and we've already talked about the Tories' free market way of ruining everything. I wonder if part of the message of this episode was you'll miss the BBC when it's gone. The same way that Britain and the world will miss units once the BBC is dismantled by, oh great, our Prime Minister from tomorrow, this fucking trust. Nadine yeah. dollars yeah. All that's left will be call centres and workhouses where the Conservatives can line the lumpen masses up on rows of endless tables because that's the only model they have for constructing an economy while they bugger off on junkets to pacific islands and the russian tundra <laughs> now all of that said this episode superficially and a lot of it on rewatch enjoyable very atmospheric they moved it to new year's day so it could be properly nasty and on that they deliver Act 1 is pretty good, but the Doctor Who universe now makes no sense. Act 2 is a decent bridge. Act 3 is a shambles and contradicts everything that went before. But how many episodes could we say that about? (laughs) I'm thinking mm, between a quarter and half. So I think my rating is perhaps slightly tinged slash tainted. by having also listened to B052 and all the excellent points you guys made, I'm going to give it a 2.3.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay.
0: There's a lot to like, but there is a lot wrong.
1: Yeah. I'm starting to regret my altruism over here. But okay, yeah, fantastic.
0: (laughs) Someone's got to have a big heart.
1: (laughs) Oh, very good stuff. This is what Jim and Marie must have felt like three years ago. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. How's that cardiac hypertrophy coming home to roost?
1: (laughs) Right. Well, those are our opinions. Indeed. What about Podcast Land?
0: Ooh, let's find out. This love me, Now let's hear from Podcast Land. Next 250, or it would get out of hand. First up, it's GP Haynes. What up,
1: GP? GP! GP! Oh, so G, you say P. G! Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> I made a special effort to remember. <laughs> GP begins. Hello again, everyone. I believe this to be the best of Jodie's standalone special episodes. Even if we do get the Daleks, again. It's a different sort of Dalek, though. Junkyard chic, you could say. But this was a great production, and the story quite interesting. I enjoyed the present-day setting. The background archaeological dig was great, and I thought the cast was fabulous. It was also quite nicely paced, and above all, interesting. It brought back a Khalid Dalek mutant for the first time in, well, quite a while.
1: Even my wife, GB continues, who is not normally a huge fan, watched most of the episode, remarking that it was, quote, quite good. High praise indeed! (laughs) I
0: recognise that as someone with a wife who is also not normally a fan
1: <laughs> the writing was much better with all the companions finally doing something as well i must say the action scenes with the tank were totally original and those special effects were brilliant the bad points why the sudden open door policy with the tardis jody Shaw seems to love showing her tardis off to basically whoever wanders in fair enough <laughs> Dang, it should be a bit more special, says GP. But despite a somewhat silly ending, it didn't really spoil this one. Finally, we get a decent special episode. What a pity they become somewhat shite over the next few years. Oh,
0: that's interesting. I reckon that GP has bumped this up because of Revolution of the Daleks to come. Mm. I'm not trying to invalidate the stratospheric rating you're about to read out, Leon, but it's interesting psychologically.
1: Indeed. Indeed. Well, that stratospheric rating is four point one slimy squid-like colored mutants strangling slowly. Wow. Four point one. <laughs> Holy moly, GP. Check out the big heart on you. People who are not GP should absolutely go on high five at GP online and tell him what a huge heart he has. Where can GP be found? He can be found at Finding G Spots
0: in two places. <laughs>
1: There's a G-spot on Instagram, and there's a G-spot on YouTube. That's right, yeah. All in one word, no spaces or hyphens for your convenience.
0: (laughs) Thanks so much, GP. Thank you very much. Who's next? Why, who's next? It's... Hey, Maxwell Renner!
1: Hello, Maxwell.
0: Maxwell begins, after taking a break from Series 11, I came back to watch Resolution. Maxwell isn't going to lie, Maxwell had to skip ahead in the episode to check if it was actually Doctor Who. (laughs) So this New Year's nonsense makes me realize that maybe Twice Upon a Time wasn't that bad of an episode, (laughs) and then realizing that the next episode won't come out for another full year.
1: Yeah, that's a massive bummer.
0: I agree with that. It's funny, everybody's so influenced by the festive specials that came before and after. It's almost like a separate channel.
1: It is, yeah. isn't it?
0: Yeah, It absolutely is. I guess. Now, Maxwell doesn't remember this episode, foreshadowing himself, but Maxwell said out loud, what in the UV light is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> when Yaz was talking about her favorite new year was that her flirting? Because that's what it looked like. Oh! Didn't clock that, but surely that's
1: the most likely explanation I I think that's probably exactly it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah Yeah. Maxwell continues, skip the family stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then we get a scene which is practically the same as the Adipose bathroom scene. I believe the Black Archive is shown on the computer for a split second. Then a Dalek driving a car and I thought I had seen everything. More family (laughs) shit. Skip. The music for the ice scene is awesome. Cool hologram scene. That whole thing about unit and its funding, I'm glad it got thrown in the bin after this. This is why I like series 13. Cool reveal for a weird-ass Dalek. 42 minutes in at this point, I realized I haven't seen this episode before. (laughs) Love that random family that they used. This is amazing. Love that random family that they used for the Wi-Fi gone down. Dalek death. Last thing I hate is the fact the episode was released on the day the story happened. Oh, interesting. Series 13, watch out. I give this episode a two percent Two out of five chris chibnall scripts that is actually good except they still suck no matter how much work he puts into them wow bring it on series 12 says maxwell rayner oh wait is that oh i'm sure it will be fine (laughs) (laughs) right wow Oh, holy moly <laughs> fantastic stream of consciousness there Maxwell yeah.
0: but also managed to replay the entire episode in our heads while reading that it was wonderfully evocative
1: yeah people who are not Maxwell can follow Maxwell online just head on over to twitter and find Maxwell at what's true the true misty
0: shun all false misties <laughs> thank you so much Maxwell Thank you indeed. Who's next? Why, next up, it's Kieran Evans. What up, Kieran? Kieran says, hi, folks. Right, time for the first Chibnall Christmas New Year's special. Well, that was a choice, wasn't it? Not really worked out, has it? (laughs) fundamentally people are more likely to be out on new year's day rather than in the house watching doctor who especially if it's on relatively early in the evening Mm. the opening monologue is a bit cheesy though maybe better than the title cards in the next new year's day special
1: oh i don't remember them Mm.
0: i like the doctor leaving an alarm on for earth just in case that does feel like something they would do yeah
1: Karen continues, I remember liking this fairly well at the time and still thinking it's fairly enjoyable. The Dalek has played for proper horror for what feels like quite a while. There's similarities to Resurrection of the Daleks with the mutant, proving it's still very dangerous without the casing. Generally, there's a sense of pulpy fun with this one, so I think it's fairly engaging, even if I think it's a little dumb. Mm. (laughs) Agreed. Well, maybe more than a little. Also agreed. (laughs) (laughs) The Dalek constructing a casing from scrap mirrors the Doctor making the Sonic in The Woman Who Fell to Earth. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. But could do with more time on it? I think the finished product should have been a little more rough.
0: Definitely. Mm -mm. Kieran concludes the stuff with Ryan and his dad is decent, but doesn't fit the tone of the story and does feel like it's only really there to set up the emotional part of the ending set piece. And I think it goes on a little bit too long. So Hmm. Kieran gives this an enjoyable, if a bit dumb, 3.7 out of 5 (laughs) creepy Dalek squids (laughs) and postscripts that with just call it resolution of the
1: Daleks. I mean, yes, absolutely. (laughs)
0: I thought though that Chibbers was sort of by teasing the title resolution, everybody just filled in of the Daleks anyway. so the fans knew what was coming and that sort of
1: helped a little bit. Oh, interesting. I mean, he was trying to hide that fact. That's why, isn't it? It's because the Dalek doesn't, he doesn't want to spoil the Dalek presence. Yeah,
0: and so the people who yeah. know, know, and they're happy that they know, and they're proud, and they're Yeah, that's
1: and... that's very fair. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Well done, Chibs. Right.
1: Yeah, well done, Chibs. And well done, Kieran. This is a spiffing mini. Thank you very much. Enjoyable, if a bit dumb, should be added to the Blu-ray cover. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People who are not Kieran and are interested in electric vans of one type or another, uh, where can they go drew
0: they can find everything they'll need on twitter at kjevans2 that's
1: right <laughs> thank you very much Karen. just for who's next that's right <laughs> <laughs> hello just for who just for who starts, it truly is a dock past looking back so long ago into 2019. Wait, 2019? You guys aren't even that far away from catching up. I know, man. How <laughs> just exciting.
0: Wait, just wait a fortnight and it'll be 2020. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Speaking of exciting, 19 New Year's Eve fireworks in a row Oh, sign me up. Hang on. What? The Wi-Fi is down and we'll have to have a conversation with each other? No, thanks. Someone call the Dalek back so he can shoot me. Ouch.
0: On the note of Daleks just for who continues, they're finally scary again. Using Lin as a host. Merciless killing. Building its own casing. This Dalek was so badass, i think twice before drinking any tea it served. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) It's a shame there was no title sequence I can't applaud the episode writer no isn't it obvious the chibmeister Dr. Chibs Chibby McNulls <laughs> the exposition has daddy chibbers written all over it <laughs> daddy daddy Chibs. <laughs> you know oh, this episode <laughs> this episode is why Dr. Who is its own genre of television in what other show would a fucking microwave
1: save the day hmm said microwave presented by ryan's dad who got called out by the fam for letting ryan down rightfully so speed round of character summaries ryan has dyspraxia again graham is funny man one two three Yaz is a police officer and should have arrested lynn for impersonating a police officer and killing at least two (laughs) Yeah, that's, wait, that's completely true. And Lynn should have shot Mitch for texting her still thinking of you four seconds after she left. (laughs) Probably the better of three New Year's Day Dalek specials, says Just For Who, and gives this a rating of what, Drew? 3.8 out of 5. Magnificent Just For Who, magnificent. Oh,
0: I am feeling a little churlish down there at 2.3 now do i well how do you think past me feels <laughs> yeah but you've changed you've grown there's a character arc there are data points
1: <laughs> only two though oh, only two and we need a third one in order the next time we we review all of these episodes we'll we'll be able to <laughs> pull out a trajectory yeah, you
0: see how this works Staddy chibs <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you so much podcast land yes thank you very much indeed
0: And that's it for this week and, indeed, 2019 Doctor Who. But that's not it for Doctor Who nor Who Back When because the next episode
1: in the new Who channel will be 2020 Doctor Who. Spyfall! Looking forward to having a chat about that. That's also one that we have reviewed before. So podcast Podcastland, head on into the Who Back When archives and unearth that review. Yeah, our instant action replay review. Head
0: on into our download stats and bump them up a bit, will you?
1: That's the next new Who. The next classic Who is going to be Timelash. Lovely.
0: And when's this mm-hmm. next bonus episode dropping that we've been talking about for a while? I
1: still have not edited it. I need to edit it. If I have time this coming week, I will I will drop it in the meantime, in which case it will be New to Who Back When. Either part two or New to Who Back When. TWO. Oh,
0: branding pending.
1: Yeah, exactly. At some point we're going to do an audio who as well. That will be of The Gathering. Dang skippy it will be. And finally, we'll have harvested that whole trilogy. <laughs> that's right, yeah In the meantime, you can say hello to us though, I believe Yeah,
0: you can I would welcome your online intervention At Drewback
1: when on the tweety Base Excellent branding uh, Yes, how about you, dude? You can say hi to me as well I'm at ponken, P-O-N-K-E-N Fab, you don't even have to
0: wonder how to spell that That's right And that's it, thanks so much, Podcastland You've been a lovely audience Until the next time, do your thing And
1: <laughs> bye <laughs> yeah yeah thank you very much for listening rock on be around next to each other and cha-chao kablamo did you enjoy the show then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when tell your friends but I've got no friends no problemo tell some strangers Hooray!